It's that time of year when people start to look at what they want to do differently in the coming year. Often it begins as a sort of kind of self-help or self-improvement. I want to lose this amount of weight, I want to put on this muscle, I want to read these number of books, I want to take this course, I want to eat more healthy, so on and so forth. I propose that we look to the Holy Family this year in making New Year's resolutions. That we don't just make it about something to improve ourselves, but something to improve our family life. Pope Paul VI gave a very beautiful homily or an address on Nazareth. And he talked about the family life there of Nazareth. He, he pined how I would like to return to my own childhood and attend the simple yet profound school that is Nazareth. How wonderful to be close to Mary, learning again the lesson of the true meaning of life, learning again God's truths. In a minute, we'll look at a couple of the things that Paul VI suggests that we can learn from Nazareth. But first, let's deal with a reality that we, we experience often in our own families. Our families are hopefully sources of strength for us, of love, but we can often treat our own family members worse than friends or sometimes even strangers. Part of it, it's true, is because of familiarity, and as the saying goes, familiarity uh, breeds contempt may not be contempt that we have for our family members, but we may let our guard down. We may uh, rationalize this saying, well, after all, he or she said this to me, so I have the right to be nasty back. What is it that we can learn from Nazareth, from the family of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus? In a special way, I think we can look to St. Joseph. It was hardest probably for him. He's living with two perfect people. Now, you may live with a, a spouse or a child who thinks they're perfect, but you can be assured that they're not. But Joseph, he didn't have anywhere else to go. He knew that those he was living with was the Son of God and God's own mother who had been made perfect. Joseph is called the just man in Scripture. Now, that may just seem to us like a nice title. Oh, he's, he's just in his dealings with others. But the just man was a title that referred to somebody who lived the complete law of God. It's a title that was given to Abraham. It was reckoned to him as righteousness. Another way to perhaps translate it, justice as righteousness. And yet Joseph had to grow as well in discernment of God's own will, how to lead the Holy Family, how to be attentive and docile, how to serve. And Pope Paul VI says here, the first thing that we can learn from the Holy Family is from its silence. If only we could once again appreciate its great value. He says, we need this wonderful state of mind, beset as we are by the cacophony of strident protests 
and conflicting claims so characteristic of these turbulent times. He's writing this back in 1960, or giving this address in 1964, and yet it's so true for us still today. We need silence in our homes. There was a profound silence that was not a silence of anger, not a silence of nothing to say, but a silence of fullness in the Holy Family. We need that in our own families. How can we reclaim that silence? Because it's out of silence that true communion comes, true, true friendship, true bonds. If we spend time thinking and reflecting, we're more likely to say something that is of value. Well, a couple of suggestions, practical things that one might consider doing, or families might consider doing. During family meals, set the cell phones aside. Have a basket or a stack where you put them. Turn the ringers off. Don't answer the phone. If you don't do it every meal, at least consider doing it sometimes during the week. We need that time when other things don't cut into that time for true sharing and conversation. Don't always have the TV on when you're eating. Bring something to the table that's really, truly worth sharing. Look for something during the week, something that you've read, a conversation that you've had. Or even better, ask something of another family member. Tell me about this. How was this in your, in your week? So often we assume that we know things. So often we assume that everyone else is on our page, but that's so often just playing in our own minds and hearts. We need silence together so that true, profound conversation can take place. Pope Paul VI says, Second, we learn about family life itself. From May Nazareth serve as a model of what the family should be. May it show us the family's holy and enduring character and exemplifying its basic function in society, a community of love and sharing, beautiful for the problems it poses and the rewards it brings, in some the perfect setting for rearing children, and for this there is no substitute. Again, over 50 years ago, Paul VI telling us there's no substitute for the family. This is meant to be the loving community in which a child is raised. We can ask ourselves, are our homes a place of love? Do people sense that? Do they feel that? You know, <laughs> so often we can see the faults in others. He or she is making this a place of discord. He or she is the problem. If only they would fix this about themselves. Now, I'm the oldest in my family, and for those of you who are oldest, this isn't a universal characteristic. I found some exceptions. But we who are oldest tend to take on a lot of responsibility, and we want things fixed. We don't like when something's a certain way. We try to correct it. In fact, I was surprised when I found some others who were oldest and they didn't think this way because I thought all oldest did. Well, the problem with me is that I can get frustrated when I cannot control or change the behaviors of others. But all of us can look inside ourselves and say, I'm the real problem. 
I need to change in order for my family to be a better place. How can I be more loving? How can I be more considerate? How can I bite my tongue when somebody else is saying something or they're doing something that I've asked them to stop doing time and time again? For our families to change, we first need to change individually. Here would be a beautiful challenge. Ask one of your family members. Now, don't ask the one who's going to give you the answer necessarily that you want. But ask one of your family members, what's one thing I could change or do better to help make our family a better place? Now, the person you ask may be tempted to blurt out something right away. For you who have the answer to them, who are asking you, I would say, wait, and say, let me get back to you about that. Think about it for a day or two. And then, when you're at peace, not when they've done something that reminds you what they need to change, go to them and say, you know, if you could just do this or work on this. So often we're blind to our own faults, but we see everybody's faults as though they were blazoned in fire, fiery letters before our eyes. For love, there needs to be forgiveness. There needs to be conversion, but it needs to begin with us. Finally, the Pope says in Nazareth, the home of a craftsman's son, we learn about work and the discipline it entails. I would especially like to recognize its value, demanding yet redeeming, and to give it proper respect. The Pope goes on and says, I would remind everyone that work has its own dignity. On the other hand, it is not an end in itself. Its value and free character, however, derive not only from its place in the economic system, as they say, but rather from the purpose it serves. Now, we might think um, most uh, upfront the work that provides for one's family, but each and every member has a role in working for the good of the family, the chores that need to be done the little tasks that are done for the other members. This is how we concretely show our love for the other members of the family. Even though one may not be the breadwinner, one's diligence in showing care to what might be seen as the littler or more refined details of the home and its running are nevertheless equally as important. So often we think that something that is lesser or not as important can just be dropped by the side. And yet, taking out the trash, washing one's dishes, making one's bed, straightening up after oneself, these are ways that we respect and show love and help to build the order in the home. Work has as its purpose a sanctifying function if we will allow it. Whether it be work outside the home, whether it be at the home, whether it even be homework. All of this is to help bring us to holiness if we will allow it. The Holy Family shows us 
It was a place of silence where Joseph and Mary meditated on God who lived with them. God lives in each and every one of our homes, in the brother, in the sister, the mother, the father, the child, yes, even the one who aggravates you most, because God lives in our hearts through sanctifying grace, through our baptism. The place of the family is meant to be a place of love, so we need to turn to the Holy Family. We need to have family prayer, not just praying at meals, but at least one time a week where we come together as a family, we either will pray from the scriptures, read the scriptures, pray the rosary, have night prayers together, or some other kind of form to seal that bond of love in God's own love. And finally, we need to see the tasks, the work that is in the home as a way of serving the members of the family and of serving God himself. If Jesus spent 30 years hidden, working, if he spent 30 years of his life in family life before he began his public ministry, he surely had something to tell us about the importance that we place in love, in service, in silence in the family.